Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network with more than 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Kristen Bird. Kristen has lived coast to coast, but with her extended family in North Alabama, her roots run Southern Deep. She teaches high school English and writes in local coffee shops near her home outside of Houston. In her free time, she likes to visit parks with her three daughters, watch quirky films with her husband, and attempt to keep pace with her rescue lab mix. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So fun. And I... It's so funny that you have three daughters because that whole time I was reading this book, there's so many wonderful women in the book. And, you know, obviously we are killer women. So I like to focus on women on the podcast. Not that, you know, we don't talk about men too, but um, <laughs> so I was thinking about like with your big family, can, we'll start off, tell our listeners about, I love it when you lie. Yes. So it is about three sisters, as you said, and it's set in the Appalachian foothills of North Alabama. And each of the women have a man in their lives that is problematic in some way. And so when they return- Don't we all? (laughs) Right? Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. That's fine. When they return home for their grandmother's funeral, they decide that maybe one of those men should be in the ground with their beloved grandmother before the weekend is out. And we don't know which of them is going to be the one who belongs in the ground. Right. Um, And sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had, it was such a a perfect spot to be like, of course, men. Right. Um, But there's, it is actually, you know, so the one, the one of the things I love about the story, of course, is that these, um, these girls are particularly close to their grandmother, right? Because their parents um, were gone and they were raised by their their grandmother but and it's not just those three sisters because there's two other women that I that I also appreciate that play into it and one is a daughter um she's one of the, the sister's daughters and then there's a sister-in-law who is kind of you know feels on the outs and so she her sort of she's trying to navigate her way in sort of and also be like you know I don't want anything to do with this. So this, it's all of these wonderful relationships between the women and also between um, the women and and their men as it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us like your inspiration for the story? Did you, you know, who came up first? How did this happen? Sure. The very first character that I wrote is actually the second chapter in the book or third chapter, if you count the prologue. And her name's June. And I think I wrote June first because I connected with her in a lot of ways. My husband and I struggled through infertility and so does June in this book. Uh, And June actually has just suffered another miscarriage when we see her. And she, in the first paragraph, you know that that evening before her postpartum nursing shift is out, she's going to take a baby home with her. So she is, she is, she's going to just yes. pick up a baby and take the baby home. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, and you know, and thank you for sharing that because, you know, I think infertility, like, we, you know, I talked to JT Ellison, whose new book is also about uh, her struggles yes. with, which is very, it's very powerful. It. And the thing that I think about as women is, you know, there's these things that happen to all of us, right? I mean, or 
at least, you know, there's tons of things that happen to tons of us and we don't feel like we can always share it. It's, it feels like somehow our bodies are the failure or we've done something wrong, even though, you know, it isn't, that isn't really the truth. But of course, as wanting to be a mother is this thing we're all supposed to, you know, be born with and want. And so that is, you know, that's, and June is lovely. Um, and her husband who is a doctor, you know, um, it's a, yeah, it's a, they're a lovely couple and, um, it's, it's a really tricky situation. And I think it's also interesting how differently the men take those circumstances, right? They, it's right. And not in every case, but. And I went through so many different versions of how he might handle this. Um, you know, yeah. at one point he's all into, let's try infertility treatments as long as possible another time he says well let's adopt another time he says no I can't adopt a, a kid that's not you know my blood and so I was just kind of all over the place with him until I figured out really who I wanted him to be um, my mom is a postpartum nurse and she actually was a hospice nurse for years and so my family we have kind of a dark sense of humor <laughs> So yeah. when I was going through infertility, I would joke with her, you know, when yeah. she was on her night shift, I would say, bring one home for me. <laughs> right. Right. Of course. You're like, yeah, because on. you have to like laugh through it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the only way you can get through it. So, and now I have three wonderful daughters, all of them IVF that okay. worked successfully. Uh, the last We're... two are twins. <laughs> Which oh my gosh I say like, we did one to ourselves yeah. you're like I'll have one more child and then you're like nope I guess I'll have two more well congratulations yeah. and that is um that is wonderful that that worked and um but that is also June's story it feels very real and very mm -hmm. you know absolutely genuine and like you said um it's it's out there and it happens to a lot of people so so clearly this is a book and I, I was sort of curious and maybe it's because you have three daughters or I don't know if you've got lots of sisters but this really is sort of a story about women uh and they're and 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 often also about men behaving badly which yes. is you know and and therefore women also behaving badly I'm not going to give away anything all you need you know people need to know they need to read it because there's a lot of people behaving badly but um <laughs> But I was curious is like, you know, and I didn't read your first book, but is this something that interests you sort of the relationships between women, these are, is your other book like this where there's just so, there's so many different sort of. Uh, my uh, other characters. book does have a wide cast of characters, but the women aren't as tight knit. So I did feel like this one actually came to me a little more easily because I do have two sisters and a brother, just like the oh, family wow. in this yeah. novel. Um, I'm the oldest though. And in okay. my novel, the brother is the oldest. Mm -hmm. And actually my baby brother is 14 years younger than me. So the age mm -hmm. gaps are also about the same. And I kind of wanted to play with this idea of, you know, how you're raised by a different family when you're in that kind of um, age range. Right. You know, my parents were 23 when they had me. My dad was in the Navy, you know, right. that kind of thing. And then when they had my brother, they were very settled down. They were a lot more chill as parents about what he mm -hmm. could do, that kind of thing. Um, and so I wanted to explore that. And of course, in my novel, the parents have died when yeah. uh, the oldest is about 14, 15 years old. Uh, so they literally were raised in a different household at that point. Right. But I just thought, you know, it's just so interesting how the parents grow in age and change. And then that also changes the environment that the siblings grow up in. And then also the bond that they share, 
to one another. And I dedicated this novel actually to my two younger sisters and younger brother, because we very much have that kind of bond, you know, like we are there for each other, no matter what, even if, you know, we don't see each other for months at a time, because we live too far away to see each other every day. We have each other's backs. Right. Well, that's a gift. And I'm one of four also, also the oldest. My baby brother is 17 years younger than I am. Oh, okay. And my dad, (laughs) my dad was an OBGYN. So that was just like, I don't know if it was for planning or uh, no, my mom had some miscarriages along the way, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is not only is it, are the parents different, but my baby brother's experience of, you know, growing up also includes me as a parent, sort of, do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. My baby brother had three mamas, you know, in addition to his real mom, and exactly. we would sometimes torment him, you know, we'd like mm-hmm. dress him up in leotards and put makeup on him. But then also we were the ones who were like scooping him up off the ground when he fell. And are you right. okay, Bubba? You know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So it is, um, it is, it's definitely an interesting dynamic. And like you said, these women, um, and, and there isn't so much, there's a little bit of, they're very different women. What I appreciate about them is, you know, we, we read books where there's just so much sort of animosity between siblings. And this is like more like, there's not really animosity between them. They really sort of struggle to help one another. Although they come at it from really different angles because they're different, really different people, you know, but I appreciated reading that. Thanks. Yeah. And you can see their flaws and they can see each other's flaws um, but they're willing to overlook them, forgive them, help them get up and try again. Right. Or bury body are... together. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Exactly. <laughs> when it's necessary, you got to be willing to bury that body together. Yeah. So how do you think you're, you know, how do your daughters? Oh, how, they... how are they? What's their relationship yeah. like? Well, so my, like I said, we're 14 years apart in the two other sisters in the middle and my daughters are three years apart. So we had three oh, in gosh. under three years. Yes. So they um, have a very different kind of relationship. They're much more like equals on mm-hmm. equal footing. And it is kind of nice because they all enjoy mostly the same things at the same time. You know, they're kind of in the era together. Right. <laughs> um, Which is great. But the two that are most alike fight the most which yeah. I find really interesting. And it's one of the twins and then the big sister. Of course. You know? And I kept right. telling them for years, I was like, y'all are just alike. This is why you're not getting along. You both want to be the boss. Yes, right. <laughs> and they're of course. finally starting, they're 12 and nine, almost 13 and 10 now. And they're actually already starting to realize like, oh, wait, maybe we have more in common than the differences that we fight about. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure. So um, tell us, this is your second published novel. Were there books that you wrote before that are sort of buried in the backyard? We, a lot of us have those. Yeah. (laughs) Can you tell us about that? Sure. Yeah. My first book that I wrote was right after college. I actually don't even know if it's a considered a complete book or a novella. It's probably about 200 pages or so. And it was very angsty. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of high drama. That's an angsty yeah. time, right? That's an angsty time, exactly. Um, and then I went and got my master's in literature. And one of the options for the thesis was to write a novel. And so, because you could do a creative writing thesis. So I wrote that. That was really fun to write. It's 
it is called the Austin Affair. And I think if you go to the library at U of H Clear Lake, you could actually pull it off the shelf. And that's I think right. That's the only right. way you can read it. <laughs> that's so funny. Right. Yeah. And then I wrote um, a historical fiction novel. And that one is the one that I really queried seriously. Yeah. Yeah. To at least 100 agents and it never got picked up. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a few full requests here and there. That was the novel that I heard back from one agent who I was really hoping for, who I absolutely adored. She sent me a no and I laid in bed and I cried and I said, I will never write again. Of course. Right. Right. <laughs> That's what we all do. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And then about a week later, I was like, I have this idea. And that ended uh, up being the night she went missing. Oh, <laughs> so. I mean, isn't it, it's, I think that's really encouraging to hear because I think that is, I mean, there are obviously people who write their a first book and publish it, but I do think if you start younger, so my first book came, came out when I was 29. So, oh, wow. so I had been, you know, writing since, I mean, like you sort of since college and I had a lot, you know, a lot of, and I think there's, in some ways it's just we don't know enough really when we're that age maybe to write a book at least I didn't know enough um but also I think it's I think this is par for the course that we and I have a like you I have a stack of and this is back in the day of course when you sent things in the mail and got letters back in the mail and uh, I have lots of um you know rejection letters and but I think that's part of the process I did. Wow. Yes, I did. I have a folder of them. I, I, I sometimes joked I was going to like wallpaper a bathroom with them, but I'm less <laughs> interested in that now, but I do have them for posterity. And the thing is, you know, even 16, 17 books in, I still get rejection letters, right? You're like, I'm, I'm kind of over this. Like, when do we get to be done with this part of it? So, but right. Just uphill trajectory from here on out, please, <laughs> please, please, please uphill. Um, but anyway, so that's good to know. I think that's really encouraging to hear. And, and so when you, um, when you write, do you have a ten, do you plot things out entirely? Do you know the end, the beginning? What's your sort of process? I tend to know generally where it's going to end, you know, like mm-hmm. who's going to be happy and who's going to be dead or, yeah. <laughs> or miserable. In prison. Right. Yeah. I have a general idea, but I don't outline because for whatever reason, I don't feel like I really know the characters until I start writing. And that's how right. I get to know them. It's almost like I'm interviewing them as I go. Sure. And then when I meet, reach maybe like, I don't know, the halfway point or so, then I'm able to map out what I think the rest of the chapters will contain. And that's like a few words, like chapter 40, you know, this person goes here. Right. Uh, and then right. that even tends to change as I write. But then at right. least I kind of have a, you know, little like landmarkers set up on my yeah. map to the end. Yeah. Sort of a rough, yeah, a rough landscape of where which way we're heading. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, and so for when you are figuring out that the the end of the book, you know, does it sort of just like, does the seed come with like June and then the idea that there's just like, there's these bad men and somebody has to go and you haven't quite, or do you already know which of them? I think I knew which of them would be in the ground pretty quickly because um, <laughs> I actually had to go back. It was a little too obvious in earlier drafts that I really was angry with this person. <laughs> So um, I had to go back and find, dig down deep and find some empathy. And so Uh I, (laughs) yeah, in order to write, you know, a mystery that's kind of 
subverts the typical, you know, on the opening pages, you know, who's dead, right. You've got to create a characters or a character or a characters that you feel like you'd be okay if they died right. or if they did it. Right. You, <laughs> you kind know? of have to hate and love all of them. That's exactly, yeah. that's a very, yeah. it's true. Totally true. And I can totally see how that worked. And it, I do like, I mean, that is a really unique structure and it was enjoyable to read something a little different because even though, of course, during the, the process, I guessed, you know, a few different guesses about who was going to be, <laughs> you know, the body, but I didn't, um, yeah, no, I, it, it wasn't like I had it figured out. So you kind of are driven forward also by the momentum of figuring out why would we want all, you know, the, each of these men dead and who is, you know, who's going to be the ultimate victim. So that is, that's a fun, it's a totally different and the alternating back and forth between, you know, the, the time frame is, is fun too. And, and the different points of view, I found each of the women to be, you know, they quite questionably behaved at times, but also, <laughs> you know, really enjoyable to read about. So. Well, thank um, you. We, um, when I was young and growing up in Albertville, Alabama, one of my cousins married someone from up North uh -huh. and people in my family behind her back called her that woman. <laughs> and I always remembered being like, why are they treating this lady so differently just because she talks funny, you know? And of course I was the one that really talked funny back then. I had a very thick accent. Well, I mean, it's, it's arguable, right? I mean, probably where you were, you talked just fine, but that is interesting. So there is a real, and that's, that's an interesting thing too. There's a real North South thing here, which oh. for a contemporary book, we don't hear about that as often. Um, well, you would think it wouldn't be a thing anymore. And maybe, maybe it's not so much now, but it definitely was in the eighties and early nineties. <laughs> Still a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like the parents were like, it was like, yeah, marrying outside your religion or something like what? Yeah. It's the same kind of idea. And, um, you know, in North Alabama, you either are for Auburn or Alabama, the college football teams. Right. And so my parents actually were on different sides of that divide. And that yeah. was also a thing. I was like, this is just odd. But There's it's like no talking on Yeah, no talking on big game day. They just yep. have to be on the other sides. So um another thing that you know I appreciated about this book is actually it really is also about um relationships. I mean long term um, not for, not for all of the women, but for, for many of them, including the grand, um, these sort of long-term marriages and this real struggles, each of these relationships faces some really daunting, um, situations. And I thought that was another really, you know, kind of wonderful thing to explore. And is that something you also sort of are, you know, interested in, in the ways that, that men and women relationships evolve? Yeah. Um, I, since I grew up in North Alabama, it's a very religious community, very conservative. And so it was really taboo for people to divorce, especially when I was a child. Mm -hmm. And so I knew, you know, very like vaguely because I was a child, but I heard the adults around me talk, you know, I listened yeah, yeah, really well. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would hear about, you know, these terrible things that were happening in marriages and yet on Sunday morning, that person was teaching my Sunday school and so was their spouse, you know? <laughs> like, right. 
It's all just right. Put on a good face. Yeah. There's gotta be, you know, something in that marriage to keep them there. Um, I would imagine, or maybe it is just the forces of society outside of them, you know, kind of keeping them in place. But that always intrigued me, this idea of like, how far can you push a relationship before it actually will just break and sever like, and not be repairable at all. And so I just kind of played around with that in the novel. Yeah. Or end up with somebody, you know, in a grave or something. I mean, I'm just (laughs) saying. Or that. You have to read the book to understand the inside joke. Sorry, you have to read it. Um, Well, I appreciate that too. And I do think that is a really interesting question because I think, you know, we live longer, right? And and so our marriages would last longer. And maybe people are getting married later than they used to, but probably not in the South, right? At least not- (laughs) Oh no, my parents married at 18. Yeah. And they like to tell me we were almost 19. And I'm like, good for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Such a difference. Yeah. I mean, I got married when I was 23 and my daughter is 23 and she's like, you and dad got married. And I'm like, I know. And I would, you know, not recommend it probably for you. Yeah. Yeah. My husband and I joke because we were 22 when we got married and we went to a conservative Baptist school in Houston. And the joke was like ring by spring, ring by spring. And we were the anomaly because we didn't start dating till right when we were graduating. So we got married a year after we were almost 23. I can do like my parents. Um, But we say like our brains weren't done like cooking we're very lucky that like we still are friends you know and we've like grown in the same direction together because you haven't killed him yet that's I mean that is really what it comes down to if you haven't killed him you're winning you're winning um well and so another sort of aspect of that is sort of the idea of sort of what we do for the kind of the ones we love right whether it be your sister or your daughter or your um you know, spouse or husband. And that is, I mean, there are, what I thought was so interesting is that you really play with that, the moral gray, right? There's all these things that happen in this book that some are not as gray. Some are pretty dark, but there's some, (laughs) a lot of things in here that are gray, you know, like Mm -hmm. things we do to sort of protect people or to make things work. Um, And so I'm curious about that. You know, that must be another thing that sort of is interesting to you. Yeah, I think that, you know, the bond that I have with my siblings, like I said, and then watching them get married and start families and the jokes that we have with each other, like, I've got your back, I'll take care of this for you. What do you need me to do? You know, how can right. I how can I make this better for you? And they are jokes to an extent, yes. but yes. sometimes there is the question of like, well, what would I do for my siblings, this person I love? Like, right. who in my life are the people that if they came to me and said something terrible has happened, I need your help that I really wouldn't ask any questions of. And I do have a few relationships like that. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, one of my best friends from college and my sisters. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just there are some people in your life that you're like, okay, if you did something, you had a very good reason because I exactly. know you. <laughs> exactly and I know that bond that we have so yeah I like to play around with that I'm also somebody who does like thought experiments you know (laughs) like what if this happened what would I do and I I just kind of play that out and so to play it out on the page was was kind of fun yeah so I that's is that that's probably how you sort of develop a plot like what would you know what is what happens this 
yeah, what is this happen? If this happens, what do we do? And what, what would I do in this situation? What would I do in this situation? It sort of reminds me of Bad Sisters. Have you seen that? Oh my gosh, I love that show. Yes. Yeah. Sharon Horgan. I haven't gotten to the end. I'm still only, I'm like the worst TV watcher. For one, I'm doing, I do a lot of reading for the podcast. So that's part of it, but um, I am enjoying it so much. So I'm kind of, you know, stretching them and making them last as long as humanly possible. But, um, but that is, that sort of reminds me of, you know, of your book too, right? Yeah, I definitely felt that overlap when I was watching that show. I was like, Ooh, does she need new material? Exactly. (laughs) Season Season two. two. (laughs) Come to the South. Let's leave England. That's, or Ireland I, or wherever they are. Yes, that's right. I think they're in Ireland. But yeah, it's, that is a really funny show. But I think that there's something really, you know, it's sort of, it's, you know, where we, we write escapist fiction, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we write fiction that is meant to be, you know, to take you out of whatever is the drudgery of your life and, and, and give you a little escape. And there's something, it seems like a new-ish thing, these women behaving badly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, not new, Coming new. into but, our own. Yeah. Uh-huh, like there's a, <laughs> like kind of, women of a certain age, right? We're like, listen, we've done, you know, we took care of the, all the shit, but we're done. So now, (laughs) now you just better watch your back. So yeah, I think it's happening kind of on this uh, national or global stage that women are getting fed up. Yeah, (laughs) And so then I think it's trickling down into the relationships that we're seeing in the fiction. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, okay, what would, you know, a woman who's truly fed up, what would she do? what links could you push her to? Yeah. 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 It's so, and I think it's really fun. Cause I, I, I you know, it, it just makes, it, it's just so it tickles me. I'm sure my yeah. husband probably wouldn't want to hear me say that, but it does. I think it's so fun. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's the truth. You know, we will protect ourselves. Um, yeah. So, okay. So this book is coming out on March 14th and um, our podcast is live on March 16th, which means as right this minute, if you are, uh, listening to this podcast, this book is available and um, you can go and grab it. But I want to hear, Kristen, what are you working on now? I'm working on a couple of things. Uh, one is in a different genre slightly. It's like a cozier kind of mystery. Mm-hmm. I needed something a little lighter to try yeah. out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so After you I thought, spent all that time. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I am revising that currently. And then also... Um, my publisher, Mira, just picked up a third book that's going to be in the vein of the first two published books. Yeah. And it is set in a small town in the Texas Hill Country. And it starts with a woman who, an older woman who drowns in two inches of water in the Guadalupe mm-hmm. River and seems kind of suspect to a few of the women in town of course and she's the wife of a very prominent man there and then one year later to the date most of the town burns to the ground and so as you read you're trying to figure out how these two events are related and then yeah. who did what and um it, it's again about women's relationships and women sticking up for each other fighting for each other it sounds so fun <laughs> And then the other, um, the other one that's in a different genre, which did you, uh, cozier and it, yeah. how will you, do you know which one will come out first or how that? Oh yeah. We haven't even pitched the cozy We're I'm still figuring out how to write a cozy. Yes. It actually has slightly different beats than a, a suspense novel does, which I did not know on my first couple yeah. drafts. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I don't, yeah, yeah I it's don't just either. not as dark. And so sometimes the body, you don't even see it, you know, you can wait till page a hundred to reveal that, you know, it's just a different kind of uh, story in the way that it unfolds. But I do think that all of my novels will have some kind of strong female relationship, whether it's a friendship or a sisterhood of some kind. And I do think they'll probably all be set in a small town in the South because even though I live in Houston, I actually live in a suburb of Houston now, there's just something really appealing to me about that kind of environment that I grew yeah. up in. And yeah. it feels like very recent to me, even though, you know, like I said, I grew up in the eighties and nineties, but it just it, like, those people are embedded in my mind in yeah. a way that like in big cities, they just kind of get swept up in the melee. <laughs> well, plus it's your, like, it's how you grew up, right? So it's like, you know, it's this yeah. nostalgic. And and to be honest, those small towns, particularly in the South, I mean, I think about like May Cobb's books. I mean, there are some really fun, crazy oh, stuff yeah. that happens down yeah. there. And it's, it's lots of fodder. So you've got, you know, a lot of opportunities to write lots and lots of, you know, twisty, dark, and light books down there so that is super fun so Kristen tell us uh tell folks where to find you what um uh, they can website. find me on my website at kristenbird.com b-i-r-d just like the birds outside and they can contact me through there and then also I'm uh the only really social media that I'm on consistently is Instagram and that's at Kristen Bird writes perfect and do people ask you if you're related to Marty Bird no who is that? <laughs> he's the, it's kind of a bad joke because he's an Ozark character. Did you watch Ozark? Oh, you know what? I did watch Ozark. Isn't he, but... Mar isn't he Marty Bird? I don't or maybe know. they spell it with a Y. I don't know. But they're the birds. I think they're Mar Marty Bird. Okay. I think that's his last name. Anyway, I've not heard. I did the like the before. Ozarks. Is it a Southern name? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. My husband's family is from oh, England okay. originally. <laughs> yeah, that My makes... last name was Brock, which is Germanic, but I don't know. I think there are a lot of Brocks around like Georgia. Yeah. Tennessee. Okay. So. Well, it's a real, it's a very memorable, it's a very memorable name and also oh, easy, easy to spell. So there you yeah. go. Uh, Kristen Bird and okay. And Kristen Bird writes on Instagram and we will, um, we will look forward to this. I we will be giving away a copy of Kristen's book when it's um when our podcast launch. So watch the podcast and thank you so much for joining us today, Kristen. It was really fun to chat with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. We'll see you next time on Killer Women. This was Danielle Gerard with my guest Kristen Bird and her book. I love it when you lie. Until next time. Bye. Bye.